This is Just Football. Hello and welcome to Just Football, the pod that goes from Champions League to non-league and back again. Um, this week you've got Dan S. hosting. You've got the usual rabble of Dan P. and Dave alongside. And this week we've got a special guest, um, Marek. Hello. Good afternoon. Really pleased oh. to be invited. No worries. Um, it's a bit of an odd one for me being a passionate Spurs fan and I've invited a passionate Arsenal fan um, onto the pod to discuss Arsenal um, a little bit later on, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Well, you brought it on yourself, Dan. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. uh, safe to say, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Thank you, Merrick. Um, right, so let's... Sh- oh, Dave, Dan, how are, how are things with you this week? Oh, oh, right. dis- yeah, I was a bit disappointed with you, Dan. With uh, me? You're suggesting I'm not a passionate Arsenal fan. No, no, no. Just a, a fellow passionate Arsenal fan. <laughs> well, I think I think that was more of a insinuation that I'm not a passionate Spurs fan myself. Oh my word! <laughs> <laughs> this is unreal. Wait, uh, we'll go we'll go straight into the headlines, and before I cause any more offence to to either of you. <laughs> so, since our pod last week. Um, we've had a few things happen, not as much in the in the terms of games, but a few things have happened. Um, so we had England beat North Macedonia seven nil um, last last Monday evening, which last week we talked about um, how we were struggling with international qualifiers, and I take it back a little bit because I actually really enjoyed watching that game last Monday. I don't know if anyone else. It, watched it still it. proves our point, though, doesn't it? What point? It proved the main point about whether qualifying is is it doesn't mean anything really for for the England team I think yeah or the qualification yeah. process sorry it's a bit of a foregone conclusion because I think that's the fourth game and the fourth win and we'll probably be qualified fairly soon won't we yeah yeah Although, seven, on the, sorry Dan, I was going to say on the flip side if you look at Scotland they're doing really well but they've also got Spain in their group yeah, yeah. how many teams go through from the groups is it two or three is it two and then like 15 lucky losers or? I think it's two. <laughs> two. Two teams go through. So you've, I think from our group, it should be England, Italy, shouldn't it? But Ukraine have started quite well. But then Italy are a few games behind because of this Nations League thing. Yeah. You can't you can't say anything with Italy anymore. They'll either win the thing or, or finish rock bottom. It's, it's, either, it's either or. Um, but a few things from that game. Um, Saka scored a hat-trick and had a second second great game. Um, for England over the weekend, which which was good, um, and Calvin Phillips got his first England goal. Um, and the reason why I wanted to point to him because I read an article earlier that classed him as the most successful unsuccessful player or season season ever. Any ideas of how many match uh, league starts or uh, match Man City starts he's had this season? I'd be surprised if he's had any league starts. I was going to say the same thing, yeah. I was going to say maybe a bit, bit different. Maybe say he started with about two. Yeah, so I think he had two Premier League starts and then two cup starts. And one of those cup starts was a loss, loss in the Carling Cup. So effectively stopped them from a quadruple. Where, where I think they lost, <laughs> lost in, was it Norton Forest or Southampton? No, Southampton, wasn't it? Southampton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The only team, the team that stopped them doing the quadruple Southampton, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I think I also read with Calvin Phillips that in his last four games for Man City, 
Those four games total to about 17 minutes on the field as well. So he's had put a pretty much effective season for one free trophies. I think he someone said he's got more trophies than he's got Premier League starts this season. <laughs> I was going to say, does he get a medal for that? Yeah, I think he does get a medal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would ask. I would ask the question and start with debate. Does that make him a more a better player than Harry Kane? But I, I don't think. I, I was going to say this <laughs> opens up that whole debate. I don't think we've got time now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll have that another another day. Um, in the under twenty ones, um, England qualified through their group after a two 0 win against Israel. Um, so we're about two games into the the under twenty ones now. Um, I haven't really followed much of the other scores. I just know that England the top. Yeah, Italy beat Switzerland 3-2 yesterday. Yeah. But, excuse me, Emil Smith's goal yesterday was really good. So if you haven't who, seen it, watch it. Who, really who goal, Emil Smith-Rowe. Oh, oh Arsenal reference. Okay. Oh, <laughs> no, but, but genuinely, he's got a lot of passing and movement and his finish is excellent. Yeah, okay. Um, other things that are happening, and we're, we're kind of skipping through, I appreciate that, due to time, is in the transfer market, we've had, no, I can never pronounce his name, so apologies for saying this wrong, but Gundogan moved to Barcelona, has been confirmed today. I was going to say, if it was Declan Rice, then we should, they should have an issue with the pronunciation there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's Declan Rice. <laughs> no, yeah, um, good one, yeah. Have you seen the release clause for no. him? It's 400 million. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So ultimately, no one's going to come in. But yeah, the well, release clause is... The only club back on Man City, <laughs> on Club and Saudi. Yeah. Um, but that obviously opens up a bit of a hole in Man City, who this week have jumped in for Declan Rice. Mm. Mm. How do Arsenal fans feel about that? Uh, David, do you want me to answer this one? Um, so I've been watching this really closely with anticipation and I think it would be really gut-wrenching if Arsenal didn't get him simply because we were in there first and Man City just feel like the big boys coming in again and just throwing loads of money and and, and whatnot but I don't know if it if it would actually be a great place for him because I think I think if you want instant success great idea to go to Man City right if you want to be part of something that they're building and be part of a great team as well just at Man City then you could go to Arsenal it's I just feel like, yeah, it's the big boys coming in at last minute, isn't it? Uh, yeah. We kind of discussed this last week. And there's another player Arsenal we're in for, apparently, um, that Man United are now coming in. And both of these transfers have been going on for about 10 days. We, we kind of said it's, yeah, appreciate you don't go in at the asking price, but it just feels like you had no competition for these players. So maybe could have just done and dusted sort of last week and, and we wouldn't even be having the conversation that's uh yeah it just feels yeah. like that's the difference between some of the teams and that yeah like i said the, the big boys the big guys with the money for me if there's no competition you're not going to pay full price there's no need to you, you would go in lower but wouldn't or, it have been we... a statement it would have been a statement getting the business done and say right look you know we we, we missed out this year but we're, we're back on the stage kind of thing it feels like it would have definitely been a statement it, it yeah, you can look at it that way. But if we look at what happened with Mudrick and um, what we did instead, so these clubs are always going to have a plan A, B, C, D, uh, an alternative or viable options for the transfer market. Uh, I, I do, I'm a bit more confident than Merrick. I, I think Rice will join. Do you think? I do. I, I don't think that's, I really, really do. Um, 
I think he'd probably like you know because he has probably a preference to stay in London, isn't there? Um, but then he's probably going to get a lot more money going to City, mm-hmm. and you know money speaks at the end of the day, doesn't it? And as we've seen in football over the years, that you know the Man Cities and the Chelseas of the world can pretty much dictate the transfer market. And, and the whole narrative then as well, he's probably guaranteed trophies at City, right? So well, would we not, well, that's, as an onlooker, would you not say he should go there? This, this goes back to the Calvin Phillips bit as well, doesn't it? Like he could go to City and he will win trophies next year. Yeah. But for an achievement factor, if he went to Arsenal and Arsenal won a trophy next year, he's part of something really special rather than a small cog in a wheel at City who... Sorry, I'm just laughing because Dave Cat is staring at me. I think he's upset that we're we're criticising the Arsenal transfer policy. <laughs> he's just staring into my soul then. Um, but yeah, no, 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 I agree. That's what I'm saying. That if 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 the narrative now is trophies, then there's only I think I'm not saying Arsenal won't win like a cup next year, but you'd go to City because that's guaranteed trophies. I, I wonder whether he's thinking that next season. Every like you're expecting Liverpool to bounce back, you're expecting Chelsea to bounce back, you're expecting basically to be what a top six, maybe even seven people yeah. really fighting for the top. Um, is would that sway his decision? Like you said, Dan, with instant success, yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I'd be gutted, obviously, if he if he did go there. Like, don't don't you if, just say he goes to Man City and he, he wins a couple of trophies next year? He goes to ask if he if he was to go to Arsenal. I just think he could be a reason for their success and not get success given to him. I think regardless of Declan Rice going to Man City next year or not, Man City are going to win trophies. I don't think Declan Rice makes a difference to that. He's just going to be at Arsenal. He's more... Guaranteed starter at Arsenal, more or less. Yeah, exactly. As as much as I I like Declan Rice and as much as I don't like Arsenal, I I feel like it would be better for him to go to Arsenal. Be a better move. Yeah. Definitely. But we know it's not always about what's best. It's it's about contracts and and everything that surrounds uh, a particular move. So, yeah, yeah, great. I, I think Rice could be a great at Arsenal. I don't really think you become a great at Man City. Yeah, I think you get forgotten. I've, you know, people like um, so you've know, forgotten. Yeah, for completely. <laughs> but you know, you can't. You know, apart from the Harlands and the Agueros, that. How how where how do you reach legendary status at Man City now? Mm. You just you just can't right. You just become bit part players in a squad. I think it's a bit about having a brand as well because if you look at Jack Green, didn't he not? He, I mean, it took him some time to get it took started. him a season, yeah. And then I think a lot of the way the way he is brings out his personality. I mean, you see him on social media all the time, right? And I think that maybe makes him stand out that bit more than the other the other players. Uh, yeah. So I think maybe you have to have that brand about you at City um, because, like you said, I think you're in a pool of players where there's a lot, there are many of them, and they're they're all they're all really good. <laughs> so yeah. you, you have to stand out a bit. Um, maybe. Yeah, scarily good, but be interesting to see what happens um, with that one. Um, other news around. Luka Modric signed another deal with Real Madrid to keep him there another year. Apparently, he had a really big offer from Saudi, but turned it down. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is in generally on on him as a player because obviously he was ex Spurs. He, um, he won't be remembered. You know, you look at back at Luka Modric's career, he won't be remembered as a Spurs player. Um, Spurs players will remember him playing there, but I don't 
think people think Luka Modric's and Lincoln back to Spurs anymore. I think he's moved on and won every trophy there is, isn't there? And, you know, did he win Balloon? He won Balloon Dior a couple of years ago, didn't he? Ballon d'Or. Ballon d'Or, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, we can edit that bit out. <laughs> but he, he won that a few years ago. So he's obviously a world-class player. Um, how, how do you feel about Gareth Bale? I feel he's more associated to Spurs. It's, it's okay. odd, isn't it? Because they've had the both kind of trajectories through football and gone, gone and done the same things. But I feel like Gareth Bale's more linked to Spurs than Luka Modric is. And that's even before he came back for a season. Mm. Who'd been at Spurs longer? Was it Modric or Bale? Bale had been there quite a long time. Mm. I think people forget how long he'd, he'd actually been there for. Yeah. Dan, do, you, do you think the same as me on that? Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I barely remember Modric being a Spurs player. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, uh, and I don't know why. I think I, I, I think there are bigger moments I remember of Bale because I think he was outstanding, wasn't he? Because he came at such a young age and produced some great performances, like especially those Champions League nights. Yeah. Uh, but Mod- Modric, I think, also was like was then and is now a quiet player. And and yeah, I don't I don't know why I just forget his stint at Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. He made Modric's made things tick, didn't he? Whereas Bale finished a lot off, I guess. Yeah. 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 Just on Spurs, we've got a couple of sidings potentially, which I, th- I think are actually really good for us. So we're oh. getting a new keeper. I've forgotten the name though. I'll just try to quickly find out. I forgot the name, but uh, the, the, the chap Raya? from Italy. Oh, Sorry? Not Raya. No, no, no. Raya. Raya fell through because I think they were asking too much or or, or asking too much for Levy. Um, so we've got, we've got for a much cheaper goalie, which potentially highlights the the uh, the English team tax that we, we, we like to levy, potentially Rice as well. Um yeah, it's a guy from, oh, is it is it Empley? I, I've completely forgot, but it sounds like a really good, sounds like an aggressive type of keeper, or, you, you know, that that likes to sort of command. That's yeah, a really and, good actual update. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, coming from you, I'll take that as a, as a, as a, as a good compliment. But there's also that defender from uh, Germany, uh, Tapsober. Okay. Is it Edmund Tapsober from Bayern, I believe? He looks like, again, really good centre-back quick, strong. So, you know, we're strengthening the positions already that we need to, which is good. Yeah. So, yeah, again, yeah, it's a lot to be seen. And we're, we're like this every bloody season, Spurs fans, but I'm quietly excited about... I, I think I'm going to go through that false optimism stage, you know, thinking yeah. Spurs could do something in that, you know, about crash and burn quickly after the season <laughs> starts, I imagine. But I get it about this yeah. year time every year. It's just the players he's looking at a kind of definitely the plays we need and yeah it's it's looking like there's some thought again into into the plays we're looking at and we've already if potentially I think the goalie one's already done I think it's medicals today and the Tapsoba one I think is I think is done so we'll see next time or, or he's going to be done so we'll, so we'll comment or laugh at that next week do you, do you, uh, think, Laurie, do you think Lloris is going to stay I don't know it's whether anyone will have him or whether he wants to like do something at the club I, I, I don't know. I think there, there'll be a club for him, probably go to Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah. Could be a good perch there. But it's just good. Uh, I was just going to finish by saying it's good that we're getting a couple of deals done if, if they both do go through early for us. We're not yeah. waiting till August the 28th. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, agreed. Um, elsewhere, Brendan Rodgers, um, after you know pretty much getting Leicester relegated, have now gone, gone back to championship winning Celtic um, to... Get a few more trophies to, to his collection. Um, 
I don't know. I just again, it just he said he said he. I read in the news that he said he was taking. He felt like he was going to take a year out before he got back into football. But this feels like a bit of a holiday, doesn't it? At Celtic, it just he could, he's just <laughs> going to go. He's going to win a few trophies until the next Premiership club comes along that he's mm-hmm. he's going to want to take a go at. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I agree as well. Yeah, he, ups- he upset a lot of Celtic fans by leaving. I didn't realise there was a, a bit yeah. of animosity between him and the fans. But so he's apologised for that this week. He left mid-season when they're on uh, for a treble or quadruple. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, right. they must have still won the treble or quadruple, did they? They, they have many times since. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once he wins that first trophy, it'll all be forgotten. So, as football fans, that's what we're like. Yeah. Yeah, so that is happening. And also, again, I'm so, you're so useless with names, so apologies, but Koulibaly's left Chelsea to go to Saudi this week as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Which now I was reading about some of the names which have gone over to Saudi. That now is now Benzema, Neves, Mende, Kante. Um, Igalo's already over there. I didn't realise that until I read that this morning. Um, Ronaldo's obviously over there. And I didn't realise that um, Nuno Santo is over there as well, managing at the moment as well. Uh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. Did you mention Neves? Sorry, Neves. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, there were quite. Cl- there was talks about Messi going there as well, wasn't there? Before he went and signed for Inter Miami. Yeah, yeah. some great names there. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit. We were saying this last week, Marek. It's a bit different, isn't it? With like the MLS and the, the Chinese league, is they're, they're getting players in their prime, whereas other time where big names have gone over to these leagues, they've been towards the end of their career. So it's a it's a bit of an interesting difference, isn't it? It's a shift. It's certainly changing a little bit. Um, yeah. and, well, actually quite at an alarming rate, to be honest, like like everything else actually in football. Yeah. It's perfect for Chelsea, who need to offload a load of players. I can't remember who I was speaking to, whether I might have seen this actually on a YouTube channel or something uh, before but last week, but Something around thirty-six players. They need to offload about eleven. Yeah, that's what they're looking to do. Um, I mean, you must think the salaries that these people are on as well. Yeah, incredible. Is, is Lukaku still a Chelsea player? Or is he? Is, is that loan out? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Had, they have a history, don't they, Chelsea, of like loaning out players long term like that. Like Chevchenko was the same, and there was was that Mor- Morientes? Was he a Chelsea player? They kept signing out and. They just, oh, it's just let's just buy the best players and keep them on the about if, and yeah, send yeah. them out around Europe. Yeah. It's a weird yeah. model, isn't it? Um, and of course, Lukaku's been a Chelsea player about three times, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. um, right. So, what else has happened? Um, again, I know we talk about this every week, but um, not so pretty side of football this week. As two okay, two occasions where a team has walked off at half time after racial slurs. Um, so New Zealand abandoned the match from 1-0 up after one of their players was racially abused um, by a player from the opposing team. And the Republic of Ireland under-21 abandoned their match against Kuwait when they were 3-0 up um, for the same reason, for racial abuse against one of their players. And these both these occasions were not actually from fans. They were from players from an opposing team as well, um, which is obviously not a nice side of football, but what I think is quite good is that they've taken a stand and walked off the field um, and made it newsworthy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, for me, the problem is when you try and find that news, it's kind of buried amongst everything else. Right, so the, New Zealand were playing Qatar. Yeah. Funny enough, who just hosted the World Cup. And if you look at a BBC website, you have to scroll and scroll and scroll to find it. Yeah. When that, that sort of thing should be making, that should be headline news. Yeah, yeah. agreed. 
really should be. I, and I'd I would just like to, sorry, Dan, you go first. So I'll just say two things on that. So were these both friendlies? Um, I believe they were friendlies, yeah. Because what I want to say is, firstly, still the right thing to do, but I want to see stuff like this happen in a competition because I think there's a fear that the team that walk off will be the ones who are punished. And and I think that needs to make the, the authorities accountable. We need to see something like this happen in a huge game. Yeah. Well, well, no, hold on. You don't want to see this happen because you don't want the, the races to happen. But if it happens, you want to be able to see a team walk off in confidence now and they'll be backed up. Secondly, start miking the players up. We've said it before about the refs or, or put some mics around the pitch and, and that way because I think in the New Zealand one or the... I think it was usually why they say no, they didn't say anything, they didn't say anything, and then it'll be a he said, he said, get stuck, get some mics around, and then you could prove it. And then, you know, just like that, we talk about the joke about the simulation and stuff where you could prove it afterwards. Let's got let's get some audio released. I'm yeah. surprised they don't do it already, actually, because oh, yeah. I was watching, I think it was Soccer Aid, and I think one of the keepers were talking. Yes, um, yeah. And I, I, I'll be honest, I've not, not seen that before, so yeah, it's such an easy thing to implement. So yeah. yeah. Should absolutely go for it. Yeah, all for it. And I, I like you, Dan. I think I agree with how serious the protest is of walking off and stopping the game. Like you said, it is a friendly, so it's a bit different if they did it in a competitive game. But if we started seeing that in like competitive games, I think I don't know. I just feel like the taking the knee thing is a bit tick boxy um, to say that we support it, but to really show something that would have a serious impact to the powers that be, walking off games would be. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to see that anytime soon, but I kind of wish we could see it. Some more serious protesting. Um, elsewhere, interestingly, Bournemouth have just signed Justin Cliver from Roma, um, who is the son of who is the son of Patrick Cliver. Yeah, so I thought that was quite interesting. Someone's brother has gone to Sunderland. Oh, who is it? Is it? Oh, is it? Is it Bellingham? He's Bellingham. Joe. Yeah, Joe Bellingham. That's it. Yeah, Joe, his brother's gone to Sunderland. So. That's that's got to be an interesting household, like when they meet up for dinner or something, isn't it? <laughs> um, and, and I know we reported on my son's team last week, so going into the local news, my son's team were in a football tournament. They didn't lose a single match. They didn't concede a single goal and came second on goal scores. So I've, I've had to hear it all oh. weekend about the, the, the single goal that could have made a difference. Um, well, well done, Hounds. Yeah, well done. Well done, the Hounds. Um but they all played well, which was good, and it was it was hot. Like <laughs> I was standing on the sideline on Saturday, and I was like, "Thank goodness I'm not playing football, <laughs> just just watching it." Right. So, they, has anyone else got any other headlines or things that have happened they want to discuss or mention? I, I suppose I similar. Had... Go on, Dan. You go first. No, no, you you go for it, Dave. You go for it. So similar to the Declan Rice sort of transfer saga, so Man United have had three bids turned down for Mason Mount. Yeah. Wonder how many. You just think they're just getting a room and just sort it out, wouldn't you? And just argue a fee in one go rather than it just be bid submitted, rejected, bid submitted, rejected. Mm. Yeah. There we go. Uh, sorry, I just found something funny. It's actually from five years ago, but I just wanted to quickly read it. Um, these random things that happened. So it was a teaching assistant has credited her Celtic support boyfriend and his hero, Henrik Larson, for helping her win a TV quiz show Pointless. Contestant Tasha Smith said her partner told her to give the answer Henrik Larsson to any football question. When she was asked to name a footballer who scored in the Euro 2000 during the final round of the popular tea time game show, she followed the advice and won £2,250. Wow. <laughs> so, Congratulations. It's that classic thing. 
You know when they say go down the middle or say answer B, he, he said to her, yeah, because she didn't know anything about football. If you get a football question, just say Edric Larson. <laughs> Very impressive. doesn't work for all quizzes. We should probably state that. Um, well, I'm going to say that now for, for the, today's quiz, and I'm hoping that wins uh, at work. So. Yeah, yeah, it won't. Um, so, so, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about one of my favourite subjects of football. Let's move on to Arsenal as we have got a special Arsenal guest. Um, so, Marek, you are a season ticket this year. And an interesting... Renewed, the other thing I'm renewed call out, season ticket, actually. Yeah. Sorry again, sorry? Renewed season ticket. Renewed season <laughs> ticket. And the other thing I was going to call out is that you're better half as a Tottenham fan, is she not? That is correct, she is. And uh, we haven't killed each other so far, so that's a good sign. Um, <laughs> but yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting, actually, as time goes on, how that's going to work out. But um, so far, yeah. it's good. Luckily, both teams haven't been that good at the same time. We've had a we've had a few years of Tottenham being good, and now we're having a bit of yeah. time with Arsenal being good. We'll see yeah. what happens when yeah, they get... The best way to get away with it is just not talk about it to each other. Oh, I see. <laughs> that's, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> cool. So, Marek, what I was going to say yeah. is, how have, you, how have you found this season being a season ticket holder? And... Well, uh, Talk, talk us through the season and have you enjoyed it? So, yeah, actually, straight answer is yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the stadium itself, you really felt a buzz this season uh, from the start. I think the club has done a lot that probably external fans don't see in terms of trying to bring the club together and being really transparent. And one of the ways that worked was actually with the Prime documentary, I think it showed a lot of people of what actually is going on in the background. And that kind of was maybe a bit of a springboard to, to get people together. But in the stadium, I think the feel was just completely different to the season before. Um, we released, um, obviously, our anthem or whatever you want to call it. And that kind of brought people together. We've got what we call the, um, I think it's the Ashburton Army that yeah, are constantly is, yeah. on the drums. Um and it's really all very well organised. And it's really nice to see that because I do think that it's bringing people together. And I think, yeah, the performance of the team this year has been really, really good. Um, and that's, of course, created happy fans. So for me, it was it was a really good season. I, I go with my brother. He's a season ticket holder as well. We're lucky enough to have one. I mean, we were both on a waiting list for some time. Um, and we've got some really good seats. And where we sit is just kind of on the edge of the North Bank Um and the atmosphere there is just it's just great. And yeah, I think the performances have really been fantastic. And I can't I guess we're gonna move on to it, but yeah, it, it was a real sad end to, to the season. Oh, tell, tell me what happened. Details. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened. They all were knackered. They all they I think I think they ran out of steam and, and and you could see that. And I think we didn't have the players to pick that up. And I think once Saliba was injured, uh, that was it for the back four or back three, however you can call it. Um, and then I think it was a bit of a knock-on domino effect there. The role, the, the game at Liverpool away for me was the one that triggered that. I think from being 2-0 up or whatever it was at the time and then drawing, it's still a great result at Anfield, but when you look at the other end of it, it's we we sh- we should have really held that score and got that result. And then after that, it was just every game was just a different. Um, I think it was the Southampton one for me, wasn't it? Because like I oh, yeah. said, Liverpool a draw against Liverpool, you you take that 
before the game starts, right? Yeah. But I think it was that game that showed. And, and I've said it before, I think you, they did just look tired because as it Saka played like 60 games in a row or something, isn't it? Something I don't think like there that? was one game that I went to at home that I didn't see him start, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was knackered. And I think there's other players who didn't really speak much about that were knackered, like Ben White. He was a really regular starter. I think I think he was getting a bit tired as well. So yeah, I think I think that was the real cause of it. So if some people call bottling it, um, maybe, but uh as, like, it's like every other fan would say, if you said to me at the start of the season, we'd be where we were, competing where we were, we've got that Champions League football, uh, we were close to it, no one else competing but us, Man City, yeah, I would have taken that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, to be fair, Arsenal, on reflection, have had a great season. I think, obviously, the term bottling is an aggressive way of insulting Arsenal, right? But, you know, you can't get away from can't get away from two facts one they've had a brilliant season they've been so much better than they have been and the second one they did have a chance but like you said they're just a bit too tired probably haven't quite got the squad sides of City like you felt at that stage City stepped into second gear um whereas Arsenal were probably still struggling faltering a bit in first mm. just and like we said it before with, with that title running I felt like as soon as Arsenal blinked that was it uh, Man City, Man City were ahead, and there was no catch at that point, and there was just no chance of them slipping up, was there? And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in all previous seasons, Man City always at the end of the season were always performing right. They just weren't losing a game, so I think the whole reliance on City to drop points was just—it was more like a dream that was never yeah. going to come true, and it, and it didn't, um, unfortunately for us. And how long have you been? Sorry, Dan, you ask your question. Sorry, because I think I asked Dave, I think, last week, do you not think it, or would you have preferred if there was like almost like a, a, a plan B or C? Because it did feel like Arsenal came out, the blocks exploding, basically, for that start of the season. And it felt like, I think Arteta potentially wanted to prove a point that he could win with that young team playing that way. And do you think maybe there was that bit of a grudge to want to beat Pep and City to the title that he wanted to, he kept that philosophy the same? I think only he will know that himself. Um, There's probably a little part of it. Um, but I just think he got the, clean, the team to click and I think they really, really did see it. And let's face it, I mean, they they, they weren't far off. It was just the last third of the season, you know. Um, and there were a few games where we should have picked up points. I can't quite remember, David, you might remember, but it was the one where I think it might have been Brentford where we had that disallowed goal through VAR, which was absolutely stone cold. I mean, that's three points dropped straight away there. Um, and you can use these arguments to say that we were so close. But yeah, there's probably a little bit of a a bit of a kind of like a personal challenge there between themselves. Yeah, hey, Marek, we want to take you back to the positive stuff. I don't say I want to talk about negative, but no, no, just, just, no, talk. really? just <laughs> talking about the season. <laughs> I. So you mentioned togetherness. What what's been the catalyst for that? Why has why has it been such an amazing atmosphere at the Emirates Stadium? Uh, numerous things. I think there was a lot of feedback that I think the club had listened to from the fans. Um, I think the fact that the club felt that they had to engage that to to, to and, and I think by getting the fans on the on the side of the team really reflected to the players. The players really felt that, and I do think that you know our players are quite good you know I don't I think they are quite skillful they are quite good in their positions um and that really kind of brought that even more closer together that obviously the team were just performing well also another thing to say a lot of our business in the transfer window 
last at the beginning of last season was done quite early. So I do think that some of those players had really good pre-season time. And you are talking about um, Jesus and Jovchenko, who obviously already have links with Arteta as well and each other. I think that really helped to, to get the team together as well and, and start performing. Um, maybe there was a little part of it that I don't think that the team saw it coming themselves. Um, and I think they just started to believe more and more as time went on that they can be together and do it and didn't get too far, you know. But they certainly brought out the best in, in each other in certain positions, definitely. And from a the stadium and the crowd, the supporters' perspective, two two things stood out for me this season. One is the Angel North London Forever by Lewis Dunford, which is absolutely amazing. That gives goosebumps and hair standing the back of my neck. And the other, which I know really annoys commentators, is the Saliba song. <laughs> yeah. Okay, do you want to sing it? One of you, Yeah, that was. Oh, okay, um, okay. okay. Um, so yeah, anthem. Absolutely. Um, I think that's really made a difference, and and they did it really well. They kind of released it on YouTube, and then I talked about it, and then it was you know it was on one of the first games I think of the season. Yeah, and it's a great anthem, um, and people really really like it, and. Yeah, and they hum it and they sing it. Um, and in terms of all the, the songs for the players, there's obviously quite a few. I think the Mikau Arteta one is the one that really stands out and, and people are singing. The Saliba one is great. There's an Emil Smith Rowe one. Shevchenko, I mean, the Shevchenko one is great. I mean, which is, let's just say, a remix of Spandau Ballet. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it gold? Yeah. No. Am I right? I think it's gold, yeah. So yeah, I think I think great songs, great chants, and just a good feel. And I, I just think it just all clicked this season. Do you think also you've got a manager, which is one of those ones that other teams love to hate in terms of how he how he acts? But as if he's in your team and your players, he seems to be really when we've watched that. Um, was it all or nothing? He seems to really try to get in their heads and really cheer them up and really be positive, you know. And, and some, while well, some people thought he was going over the top with some of those, it obviously works for that group of players. So as a fan as well, do you think, yeah, he, he bloody loves the club? He, he, you know, is, is can you get behind a manager like that? I think he's, he's Arsenal thick and through, really. I think he had a very emotional time towards the end of his career at Arsenal. Uh, and obviously he won some trophy, trophies with us. And I think he was always that kind of leader in the team anyway maybe people didn't see it so much uh because there were other players with big personalities at the club as well at the time but if you used to listen to any of Arsene Wenger's interviews he always used to say that Mikhail Arteta was just you know he's, he's a real leader in the pitch um and off the pitch and that you can really see that now and I think yeah he's got some very interesting ideas to motivate players uh some I agree with some I don't um but it works. And I do think it works because the players in the cup to him and know that he's Arsenal thick and through. Um, I think they're young as well. So they listen, don't they? Yeah. yeah I, th- I think there's an element there of the, you know, the apprentice and the master. Um, and I think he's managed to get them all on that level to listen. And yeah, um, some very interesting ones. I don't know which one to say is my favourite. <laughs> um, I wasn't sure about the Liverpool one. I thought that was a little bit odd. Uh, yep. where they were playing the Liverpool anthem. The speakers, I get yeah. But no, I don't, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that was the one that, that, that really stood out for me. I think the light bulb one was quite interesting. But 
Okay, can I move you on to the future? So this week looks as though we're going to be signing Kai Havertz. What were your thoughts on him? So I know there's, I suppose people were worried about him coming from Chelsea and, and his performance last season. Um, I think I had him on my actual dream team at the start of the season, you know, because I think I was just looking for a third striker to put in there. And then I don't think he played that much. So I took him out. Um, I'll be really honest. I don't, know loads about him but where I've spoken to a few Chelsea fans nobody's said anything bizarre well nothing too negative about him um I think he needs to be in the right team and clearly Arteta and his team see that he is able to slot in um and hopefully provide that support that we need up front um but in all honesty I don't know enough about him Dave, um, to be fair but I think he will only strengthen and bolster what, what we need up front yeah. You trust Arteta, you trust that siding, right? So, Yeah, I'm going to go with yeah. yes. Yeah. I think we all really want to see that, that signature from Declan Rice, though. Uh, that's the biggest one for us, because I think that's going to be an absolute... If, if we do it, then it's going to be a great replacement for Xhaka. I do think it's more or less for Xhaka. Um, and I think he'll have that freedom like Xhaka had this season. And I think you can see how important that role is for us now. Um, and Declan Rice... He's absolutely got the right skill set to do that. I'm not convinced Rice is the Xhaka replacement. Oh, really? I think Havertz is. I think Havertz. And I think Partey might be on his way out and Rice might sit at the base of midfield. Good point, actually. We'll we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, well, hopefully it won't drag out to August. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. That's the problem with a lot of these transfers, isn't it? It draws out and you don't get the people you want and you feel like you're left... Left short. I don't think it helps that West Ham won the uh, was it the Conference League. What for the Rice bit? Yeah, yeah, because that's that's just put his value up, right? So he did look really good on that, even in that game. I mean, he's, yeah. he's he's really versatile. He gets stuck in. So yeah, actually, I can see where Dan, uh, where David, sorry, is coming from with the party side of things. Yeah, he could he could do that, but I think he could play in the most roles across the midfield. Anyway, well, I'll tell us versatility. Exactly. Yeah. So, sorry, just one last question for you. I'm going to go back again. Did you mm. say why Arsenal? Why is for Arsenal? Yeah, I can answer that. Um, so I grew up probably about a 45-minute walk from the stadium uh, near in Harringay, near Finsbury Park. And my brother was or is a big Arsenal fan. So that was kind of where it started. Um, and from the early memories, I remember the kind of just about remember the 91 title that we'd won and then I remember the the FA Cup games I think it was against Sheffield Wednesday I think we were. um and I actually yeah I think it's because I grew up near there and that was you were either going to be Spurs or Arsenal when you come in that area of North London um so that's the main reason to why and, and I even remember my first game which was actually when they were building the North Bank so I don't know if you remember they'd taken knocked down the North Bank and they put up this big kind of Yep. I don't even know what it was. It's curtain or something with all these people's faces to cover it. Uh, Arsenal versus Nottingham Forest on a Wednesday night. I think it must have been about 1993 or something. I remember that. Um, Did you win? We drew 1-1. And I really wanted to see Ian Wright, but he was injured, so it was Kevin Campbell. Oh. Actually. Um, <laughs> but that was probably... Yeah, so that's the reason why I support Arsenal and probably my first memory, actually, uh, of going, yeah, a long time ago. It was... At least that's a proper reason, though. Like I, I, I feel like I approve that reason. Like, I think that's <laughs> really 
There you go. You've got the dad stamp. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Glad, glad you approve. Cool. Well, well, thank you, Fat Mamic. Just in the um, conscious of time, so I'm going to dip on to our quiz that we've got. Um, so essentially, just this week, because we're in transfer window season, uh, this is all going to be about record transfers. So the Premier League record transfers. And this is not like... You know the top ten record transfers. It's which t- took the record each time. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. So what I'm going to do is you, there are sixteen of them. So I'm going to try and give you five each if we've got time. Um, I'm going to read out the clubs that these transfers occurred between and the year, and you're going to tell me the player for a point. Makes sense. Would you let's <laughs> Dave? You've got to choose a number between one and sixteen. Sixteen, please. 16. So this was between Inter Milan to Arsenal in 1995. Dennis Bergkamp. Correct. One point. Marek, a number between 1 and 16, but not 16. So I guess 1 and 15. (laughs) (laughs) Go for 8. Number 8. This is Real Madrid to Man City in 2008. Oh, God. Ooh. Mind blank. I really cannot think of anybody. Can I pass? You can pass, but pass is also the same as a wrong answer, so... <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to guess somebody then. I am going to... Who came from Real Madrid to Man City? Um... Aguero. I know I'm wrong, but I'm going to say Aguero. No. Um, any, any, either of you, either Dan or Dave, have the answer to that? It's wrong, but Not... secure... it wasn't Rubinho, was it? It was Rubinho, yeah. See, I've, I've got these two. I'm guaranteed to not know my one. <laughs> and what makes it worse was I had the, the idea for this quiz as well, and you beat me to that. Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dan. Yeah, so mm. that was the start of the Man City era, wasn't it? That, that first sign yeah. of Rubinho. Um, right. I actually thought he was joining Man United, if I remember. Yeah, right. yeah. All right, let's let's just get crazy. I want my disappointment over quickly. Fourteen. Fourteen. Norwich to Blackburn in 1994. Um, 1994. I thought you said 34. Then <laughs> that was Chris Sun. Correct, Dan. Very good. That's well very done. Lucky. Right, Dave. On back to you. Number one. Is Juventus to Man United in 2016? Juventus to Man United? We should introduce a steel rule. Steel rule? What? Should I get the countdown? Steel. I know, I said steel in the, the, the question. Uh, Juventus, Man United. I don't know. Anyone else? I'm not passing points across, but anyone else know the answer to that? Pogba. Pogba, yep. Marek, number from you, please. Uh, Ten. I'm sure that's taken. Ten is Blackburn to Newcastle in 1996. Alan Shearer. Correct. That was for a record fee of 15 million at the time. Um, Number two. Number two. No message, straight in. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. No small talk. Um, 
You've got Southampton to Blackburn in 1992. Oh, probably so. No, that was also Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer. <laughs> was it Alan Shearer? <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, to Black. Oh. Dave, <laughs> uh, right. one to you. Number four. See that I, I I should have thought really should I a bit longer. So that's, that's your fault for rushing. <laughs> Number four, Real Madrid to Man United in 2014. Madrid to Man United. Ronaldo. No, for fifth, this one was for 59.7 million. Anyone else fancy a guess? 2014. Oh, Di Maria. Di Maria was the right answer. Di Maria. Yeah. I wouldn't have got that one then. Um, Marek, to you? Uh, seven. Seven. Leeds to Man United in 2002. I know this one as well. Um, Leeds to Man United in 2002. Um, obviously, it's not Cantona. Um, no, can't remember. Uh, that one is Dave. Going to say it? Say Rio Ferdinand. Rio Ferdinand, correct. Dan, to you. Uh, Three, please. West Ham to Leeds in 2000. Uh, This one I don't know. West Ham to Leeds, 2000. (laughs) What? Can I ask for it? When you're ready. (laughs) What? You're laughing, so it must be an obvious one. So if we just said it, is it in what year? Two thousand. Yeah. No, I don't know. Did you say is West Ham to Leeds? Yeah, West Ham to Leeds. I think I have an answer. Go for it. Is it to Canio? No. no. Is Ferdinand. Uh, Les, uh, sorry, Rio Ferdinand. Rio Ferdinand again. Come out, man! You've done that twice. You've managed to pull duplicates <laughs> out. Um, Dave, on to you. A five. Villa to City in 2021. Jack Grealish. Yeah. Yes. That's two. Easy. Marek? Nine. Lazio to Man United in 2001. I think I know this one as well. Veron? Yes. Great answer. Good answer. Good answer. I guess that one. Dan? I would just try to look at number six if we had six. Not yet. Newcastle to Man United in 1995. No, that's not Alan Shearer. Uh, <laughs> Newcastle to Man United in 1995. Yeah. I think I know this one as well. Uh, no, I'm going to just say... Uh, no, no. I think I know it. Mark? Anyone? Andy Cole? Yeah. Andy Cole, yeah. Andy Cole. Right. We've got 11, 12, 13 and 15 left. And we've got to be quick. Dave? 11. Nottingham Forest to Liverpool in 95. Forest to Liverpool? Oh, Christ. Nottingham Forest to Liverpool. No idea. Stan Collymore. Oh. 8.5 million. Marek, 12, 13 or 15? 12. AC Milan to Chelsea in 2006. Chefchenko? Yeah, Chefchenko puts Marek into the lead. Well done. Dan. Oh, let's go 13. 
Liverpool to Chelsea in 2011. Oh, yeah. Liverpool, Chelsea. Um, oh, which way round did he go? I can't remember. Torres. Torres, correct. Um, and I think that finishes it because uh, we've all had five each and Marek is the winner on three points. The one that we missed off was Nottingham Forest to Man United in 1993, which was... Roy Keane. Roy Keane. I feel 3.75 million. And I think we need to wrap up because I think Marek is about to be chucked yeah. out of the room. He's about the meeting room. <laughs> so, guys, can I just say thank you so much? It's been a pleasure. No worries, yeah, it's been great having you, Marek. Thank, Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Marek. Cheers. Um, and he's, he's literally done a, I'm going to win the quiz and now I'm going to walk off. I knew, I knew more answers in that quiz, so I feel happier going into next week's one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Dan, is there anything from socials that you want to mention before we wrap up? I just want to say hi and a shout out to the Game Company game club pod so joey fits and the crew there um also do between two pods and two blokes from blighties and also talk, talking dad yeah so we want to get him on the podcast soon as a guest um but yeah he's been interacting with us so thank you for talking dad so, so yeah just cheers to those two pods for supporting us and, and following us yeah and dave anything from yourself nothing from me thank you dan cool well in that case we will leave it there and we will see you all or speak to you all next week Thank you. Thanks for listening to Just Football. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can follow us on Twitter at Just Football Pod or contact us through email on justfootballpod at gmail.com. We'll be back next time with more football talk. Until then, keep your head up and your eyes on the ball. <laughs>